What's up, what's up, bitches? It's your host, Leah, and we're back for another episode. This is a solo episode, and it's probably sounding at least a little bit different. I am recording at my mom and dad's house. A little ASMR. You guys can hear how quiet it is in here. You could literally hear a pen drop in my parents' house. And I don't have a pen, so... That was my slipper, and you guys can just kind of tell how quiet it is here. But with that being said, it's obvious that I'm no longer in California. This is my first episode recording where I am in Ohio, and it's the first of quite a few that I'm going to be doing. Um, This week is different because I am solo. I am having some really exciting guests coming up, so I hope that you guys are as excited as I am for the future of the podcast. Um, I kept saying big things are coming, and I truly mean that. We have such big things in store just in terms of who I'm going to bring on to talk to, and I'm just constantly working to get guests on that I think that you guys would want to hear from and sort of so that I can be your guys's mediator and ask questions that you guys care about too. So always keep me in the know on who you guys would like to hear me talk to, and I'll be listening. Um, just to kind of give a little bit of a preview. Um, I am going to have on an author coming up and I can finally drop her name. Her name is Catherine Center and she is a New York Times bestseller. I have read a few of her books now and I absolutely love her writing style. I would describe the books that she writes as being romantic comedies and heavy emphasis on the comedy because she is so funny. Like a lot of times as I'm reading her books, I will audibly laugh out loud at some of the things that she's written or the scenarios that I'm picturing her characters in. So if you guys want like a lighthearted read, the books that I can recommend is The Bodyguard and Things You Save in a Fire. I have read both of them. And she also has a book that was developed into a movie on Netflix. I did post about it once on my story. It's called The Lost Husband, and I really enjoyed that film as well. Um, A similar style, but that's a little bit... um, It was romance, but it was a little bit more sad than how she um, typically writes. But still, obviously, it has its funny moments. But she's going to be coming on the podcast soon. I'm super excited to talk to her just about what it's like to be a writer, um, to hear kind of about the process of writing, also to kind of hear about, you know, the book she's writing about upcoming because she does have a book coming in summer 2023. So anything that you guys would like to hear me ask her, let me know, like, so I can be that conduit and that vessel to ask the questions that you guys would like to know. Um, I obviously have a great list of questions that I'm excited to go over with her, but anything that you guys want to hear, let me know. Um, just to give a brief background, Things You Save in a Fire is about Cassie Hanwell, and she is a female firefighter. The book is written from her point of view, and it takes place in a really sleepy, cute little town in Connecticut. And most of her books take place at some point in Texas. So um, it did start out in, I believe, Houston. And then the book, The Bodyguard, um, is also about a female lead, Hannah Brooks. And she is a female bodyguard. And this one is in Texas as well. But both books, really good, really funny. I can't wait to have her on as a guest. Um, And after her, I have on a really exciting guest from this season of The Bachelor. So 
kind of getting into that, let's talk a little bit about the finale that we just had. If you are watching The Bachelorette, you know that I'm a big fan and that it's something that I like to dive deep on on the show, but I won't get too much into it. But so much happened on the last finale episode that if you watched it, you were probably sitting at home and thinking, what the fuck? The same way that I was. Um, First of all, it was three hours long. Who has time for that? I don't know, but I made the time. Like I'm sure the rest of you did if you watched the show, but three hour long finale. Um, I want to say live finale, but I could be wrong, but it definitely kind of had that vibe. This finale was interesting though, because in the past, from my recollection, they've never been the like Bachelor franchise has never addressed what's happening online so much like during the finale episodes. It seems like everything, like all of the tweets that people were making about their perception of the couple and even about like everyone was calling out Rachel and Gabby's facial expressions during the first part that was put on TV and they even addressed that. So I thought that was completely different that they were doing that. And it was also interesting because they addressed certain things and then not others. Um, So, you know, they were talking about Rachel and Gabby's like facial expressions and the fact that nobody really thinks that Rachel ends up with someone spoiler alert. She doesn't, um, you know, but they didn't address other things like Eric's blackface that he did um, and having that like picture in the yearbook when they had the opportunity to. Um, I don't understand the purpose of diving deep into Eric's past with his, I mean, somewhat fling of a girlfriend. It seems like they weren't even really in that serious of a relationship with each other um, and not address what's more of a serious issue. And I think a lot of people noticed that and being that this was the first finale where they took so much feedback from online communities, you would think that they would have taken that moment. So I want to start by saying that. Second of all, Tino and Rachel are an absolute train wreck. I mean, I started off the season absolutely loving Tino. Team Tino, I knew that Rachel was going to pick him from the very beginning. But as the show goes on, he is his red flags pop up one by one. And I, you slowly start to turn on him. And by this episode, you're kind of turning on both of them. Oh my God, it's like such a whirlwind. Tino has a conversation with Rachel in the backyard. And we're trying to find out what happened to their relationship and where it went wrong. And essentially, we find out that Tino did cheat on Rachel. So the first thing that came to my mind is how is there enough time for this to happen? There's the finale episode, you know, where he had proposed and then they separate. And obviously we've heard in the past that you can't like, you can't show your relationship in public. We, We get that no public display. So that, that limits the relationship and makes things hard, but it was so confusing as to how they got to the point where he was ready to cheat and she was also not wearing the ring. And even though they showed so much conversation and back and forth between the two of them, I really feel like we never even got that answer. So I'm totally waiting to see some sort of interview with Tino um, or Rachel where they're not speaking like a politicians and where they're just simply stating what happened. Maybe even, I don't know, bring out some receipts. Tino had his little black book filled with like little notes that he had about Rachel. And I do want to say, I think that that's really, really weird. 
Um, like I know that girls, especially all the time, like have notes app and sometimes they'll write down things that like piss them off about their partner. But if you sit there and like use that app, like during a conversation to address things, that's that's a little bit psychotic. And it also comes off really intense and a little bit interrogating. So I think the way that he brought his notebook to try to like have points that he wanted to make was very weird. Um, and it sort of felt like it was very tit for tat and he was very much keeping like a score of their relationship and who said what. So I didn't like that. Um, I also didn't like Rachel's attitude towards him. Um, everything he said, she was wrong. And what we really just wanted to know is number one, why wouldn't she go to therapy? Her excuse, valid. She was busy. She didn't have the time. Is there not another appointment that you can make at a separate time? So why did you not want to go to therapy? And the second question is, why didn't you want to wear the ring? You know, what happened in your relationship prior to him cheating on you that you guys were having so many issues? Um, You know, they did explain that once you're in the real world, you can really see someone's full personality and what works in a relationship and what part of their life doesn't work with yours. But give us details. Like, what does that mean? We want the fucking tea. We've watched all season. We've been invested in this relationship. We've already barely seen anything because there was two women and, you know, they were trying to split time between both of them equally. So, I really wish that they had taken more time to explain what that means and speak more candidly. It's also interesting that as you're sitting at home, you start to have the thought of, wow, Rachel, maybe that's what Avon was suggesting when he said that he wanted to continue your relationship dating, you know, outside in the real world. And then like bachelor producers, cue Avon. He walks out on stage while Tino is sitting there. You can tell that that is not planned. Um, And, you know, Avon whisks Rachel away. In my eyes, it's almost like too little too late. I'm not saying that I was team Avon because I have to be the first to say I really didn't see any spark between their relationship. But that's me sitting at home being like a greedy viewer and not knowing the backstory. Um, So I will say too little, too late, Rachel. I I wish that he hadn't come out there and like whisked her off like that because she already made her decision and like case closed. Like you didn't want to get to know him. You didn't respect his decision on marriage. So go ahead and live with your fantasy, which is Tino. Moving on to Gabby, Eric was the last man left for her. So, you know, it was just a decision of whether or not he was going to propose or not. So, you know, he ultimately does. They get engaged to each other off in the sunset, whatever, same as Rachel. Um, and, you know, they do genuinely look happy. I will say that. Um, they may not have addressed what everybody wished they would have because that was the important issue on television. But you can hope that they did in their own personal relationship at home. Um, and, you know, hopefully she knows that he's grown as a person and is different as a person but overall I mean it seems like they're happy but for Eric you know they have to bring a little bit of drama they chose to bring up the text from his ex where he states that he's going on The Bachelor um, and he didn't really realize it would be a big deal to her and it's not really real anyways and to be honest I, I just think that people's text messages are used 
as weapons against them so much that really anything he said, you know, could have been misconstrued in that particular context of The Bachelor. Um, Even if he said he was going on there and couldn't wait to get married, you know, that may make it seem like he's not there for any reason other than to get married. So anything he says could have been wrong. I think that the ex was caught up in her feelings and a little bit bitter that he was now on national television, probably is going to get quite a following off of this. And so, yeah, I think she was pissed and whatever. Everyone has their own access and their own platform now. So she came forward, showed the showed the text, but I really don't think it was worth addressing. I think ABC dropped the ball there. And I think that there is something way more pertinent to address with Eric. Zach is the bachelor. Um, He was the one that got screwed over by Rachel at the end of the show. You know, they show us that he is going to be the bachelor for next season. They bring out some of his women. And I really liked Zach on this season. I thought that he was like a nice guy, kind. But I don't know if I think he's going to be the greatest bachelor that's ever been. Um, He's so sweet and so caring that I don't know if he's going to be as fun to watch as someone like Clayton, for example. And it's not that it was like fun to watch him. It's just that it was drama. Like any of the bachelors who aren't perfect, there's a lot of drama. And I think Zach's going to be so kind to people's feelings that I think that the only drama we're going to get is really from the women and how they conduct themselves in the house. And if you think this sounds rude, I'm sorry, but it's reality TV. Like, we just want, we want the scenes, you know what I mean? Like, we want to see the tea unfold. So we want to see messy. And at least I do when I watch TV. Like, I'm watching to see stuff that's not going on in my real life. Uh, That's the whole point, is to drown out the normalcy and focus on someone who's having, like, a crazy day. (laughs) I'm not going to say who I'm going to have on yet, but when I have on the contestant from this season of Bachelorette. I'm definitely going to ask about some of the drama in the house. I'm definitely going to ask about opinion on fantasy suites and if we should just drop them all together. And I'm also going to talk about the possibility of, because I know that he's an advocate for therapy for the leads after you complete The Bachelor. And I think that that would be so imperative to actually having a couple stay together and also the mental health of the leads and the finalists. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about all of that and find out like an inside scoop of someone who's been through the process before and how they feel about things. Moving on to the next juicy topic. If you've seen my Instagram, you know that I had to talk about Adam Levine a little bit. I put a poll out there asking who would stay with Adam Levine after all of this, because obviously him and his wife have three children together, Um, two already, one's on the way. So, and everybody, like 100% of the answers, and a lot of people engaged with this post said no. And I'm literally right there with you. Absolutely not. And unfortunately, I think the main reason is just, it's embarrassing. Like he messaged at least four women that we know of and I'm sure that there's countless others and the messages that he was sending are just so embarrassing like it's literally pervy high school first relationship show me that booty like I fucking can't he is so cringe if I ever got a text message like that I would be so turned off I I mean that alone grosses me out and gives me major ick um 
So knowing that he was like lusting after women in that way and that's how he was communicating with them, that would be an immediate no. And taking a look at both of their handles, they both post their relationship so much. They shove it down your throat, you know, the two of them together. There's just no chance that nobody knows that he's married. And unless she's also doing the same thing and they have an open relationship, which it doesn't seem like is the case, um, literally WTF to every woman who did that. And also he's just disgusting. Like I really can't stand someone who's posting about adoring their significant other. And then at the same time, they're cheating on them and doing despicable things behind their back. I think that that's so phony if you're that fake of a person and it really skeeves me out. So Adam Levine, so gross. All of your like little love songs are permanently ruined for me. I'll never... I'll never look at Sunday morning the same way. And that's on you and Sumner Straw or Stroh. And fuck you, Sumner. That's a terrible name. I don't give a fuck who has that name. That is an awful name. And he's gross for wanting to name his baby that as well, which is another element. The fact that he wanted to name his unborn child after someone he has never even had relations with other than lusting after her Instagram. Ew. And I know, I saw the videos where it looks like she's the only one pining after him. He still interacted with her. Like, I know that she sent him tons and tons of messages, but he still got back to her and sent those, and he's disgusting. I hate the tweets that I've been seeing, too, that are like, oh my god, like if it can happen to Emily Ratajkowski, and if it can happen to Bahati... Prislu, or however you pronounce her name, sorry. Um, you know, then it can happen to anyone. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, like it's it's literally not anything to do with the status of a woman or the like appearance of a woman. It has everything to do with the quality of the man and the person that he is. So I really hate those comments implying sort of that, you know, based on your appearance, it depicts your worth to someone because that's not it. All of these people, unfortunately, chose awful partners who can't keep it wrapped up. I don't even know. But absolutely not. Would not stay with Adam Levine. He's done. He's disgusting. Same with Jay-Z. Beyonce, I don't know how you did it. Like w- like once you cheat on me publicly or once you cheat on me, it's so done. It's, it's such a fucking wrap to the relationship. Um, props to people who do change. That's great. But you would be changing for your next relationship and not for me because I would be O-U-T. I'd be out. Lightening the mood a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about some football snacks. I posted an Instagram story where I said what I thought my top eight were. I asked for some input on anything that I was missing. And I'm going to break down the list in terms of must-have and, you know, can live without. So must-have, starting with the top two, has to be buffalo chicken dip. If you don't have buffalo chicken dip at your, whatever, Super Bowl party... Sunday watch, Monday night football, Thursday night football, whatever it be, you should have buffalo chicken dip and chips. And specifically the Tostito scoops. Those are the easiest to dip them with. Chef's kiss, fire. That is my first overall pick. If you guys disagree, what do you think can possibly beat buffalo chicken dip? Let me know. Send me a message because I don't believe you. Number two, chips and dip. And specifically, once again, Ruffles with the like French onion dip, that that's that's top tier. If you have that, 
it's going to get eaten. Nobody can resist chips and dip. It's a fact. There's a few facts in life, and that's one of them. Ruffles, French onion, chip dip, no one's resisting that. So that is absolutely must-haves right there. Moving on into the these should be there category, we're going to go with chicken wings, buffalo, obviously, with ranch. If you like blue cheese, you're, you're savage. I, I don't understand that. Um, that's besides the point. Chicken wings and pigs in a blanket. That's, that's that should be there. There should be one white woman making pigs in a blanket who cannot cook to save her life, and she makes it every time. That should be there. Moving into the next category, which is, I would love for this to be there. We're going to go with pizza because easy to order on every commercial always. Pizza and it's like two men sitting in their living room watching a football game. It's just kind of nostalgic. A slice of pizza, watching football. I'm here for it. And right there with it, I have to do chili. When you think about it, like you, you might be like, oh no, not chili. Like that's not a snack. I don't care. It is. It's a snack because you don't have to sit there and eat an entire bowl. You can proceed to have small bowls of it throughout the entire day. And when it's cold and you're watching these games, when it starts to be like November, like December, even late October in Ohio, like a bowl of chili with the little crackers and cheese on top. Yes, that's football to me. I love that. And then moving on to the last category, which is I guess I could live without these. I have to do the sub sandwiches and mozzarella sticks that I picked. And that's because I'm not a sub kind of girl. Like some people love cold cuts. That's not me. I I don't love cold cuts. It's a personal preference thing. Don't come for me. Um, also I'm moving to New Jersey in just a few weeks and they call cold cut sandwiches sloppy joes over there. What the fuck? I'm not going to be able to get down with that. Um, if you're listening to this and you're from Jersey and you know the meaning of why it's called a sloppy joe, let me know and maybe I can change my mind. But in the Midwest, sloppy joes, you think mamwich, like you think the ground beef on a bun. That's besides the point and a little side note for you guys, but subs, that's making the I can live without and mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks are great, but I don't need them. Like I'll eat them if they're there, obviously. But if I go to someone's Super Bowl party and they don't have mozzarella sticks, I'm not going to like get out and leave the same way that I would if not one person brought a crock pot of buffalo chicken dip. So that's my wrap on football snacks. Let me know if you guys disagree, agree, what you guys must have versus you can take it or leave it. And send me a message and engage with me so it's not just me giving my thoughts and I can hear back from you guys. So football brings us into fall, winter, the season where people start getting engaged. And with that season starting, I just had to talk a little bit about some of the corniest engagements. We know they're coming. We're going to be happy for them regardless. But let's just have a little bit of fun and talk about what engagements are so fucking corny that we're about to start seeing. Starting off the list, any engagement on New Year's Eve, Christmas Day, corny. If your ring is under the tree, I hate that for you. If your 
engagement is already during the biggest celebration of the year, like the start of the new year, where everyone is not even going to be paying attention and there's a million other things going around. Also, I hate that for you. That's just like not your day. Um, Some people love that in romantic comedy movies. I don't. Let me know if you guys agree or disagree with that take. That may be a hot one. An engagement after a hike. That's number two. No, thank you. I love to see when people are like on the hikes, you know, and they get that beautiful shot of the couple, but I just can't imagine looking presentable after hiking eight miles to a summit peak and wanting to get proposed to right then. Also, my hands sweat when I hike and then they swell and I'm not even sure that you'd be able to get the ring on me. If anybody can relate to this, let me know because that's a legitimate fear. I don't think that the ring would fit on and then that whole moment is ruined. You'd have to like put it on my pinky or something. So number two, engagement after a hike. Any proposal that's already on a special event, whether it's the person's birthday or they're making an acceptance speech or accepting an award or I don't know, even graduation kind of, you can kind of lump that in there. I, I kind of think it's corny. Like graduation is cute if they're, if they're sharing that graduation together. Um, it's, it's corny if you're girlfriend is graduating at with her doctorate and you show up on her special day where she is acknowledging her academic achievements and then you propose to her as well. In my mind, just wait a couple days or find a different occasion. Once again, this could be a hot take, so let me know if you guys agree or disagree. If you propose during another bride's event, not only are you corny, but you're just you're trash. You're a trash person. The fact that someone else is having their matrimonial ceremony going on, look at me using big words, the fact that that's going on and you're using their moment and all of their decorations, all of the family and loved ones that got gathered there for now your moment is really weird and icky. Um, In the times where I've seen brides have their moment stolen by a friend and they look happy for them. I can't imagine what my face would look like because it would not be that. It would probably have just no. It's not even that you would be so publicly like angry, but just that is so weird. Save it for your own time and place where we can separately acknowledge you. Don't try to get proposed to at somebody else's wedding. And men, if you've ever even thought of that idea, burn it. Burn that idea from your brain. Do not do that. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking of proposing to someone, that's probably the worst way. Even above getting engaged on Christmas and New Year's in a hike, that's worse. Ending this list of corny engagements is proposals at concerts. Um, Unless you have floor seats and or the artist is going to shout out your proposal and you're about to make it a big deal, don't. Like, I'm trying to watch Luke Bryan. I don't need somebody going down on one knee in front of me and, like, taking away. Like, you're a distraction. It's a time and place. This is for Luke Bryan, not for you. I think that that's super corny. Let me know if you guys agree with that as well. I think everything I'm saying is a hot take right now. Like, I'm really just not sure how it's going to land because I'm alone. So as you guys are listening to this, feel free to send me a message or even an audio message and just tell me your guys' thoughts because I'm dying to know. 
if you think I'm a big old hater, then I'll do a list of the best engagements. So let me know if you guys want to hear that because I can easily tell you guys what I think is like some of the cutest ways that I've seen people be engaged and maybe even ways that like haven't been done, but I just think would be sweet and I can do an episode and insert that in there too so that we have some positivity for all the romance folks. And I'm I'm romantic too, but those are just awful and you can't change my mind about any of them. Although I'd still love to hear your thoughts. Well, I love you guys. I know that this is a little bit of a different episode, but I hope that you guys love it as much as I love recording for you guys and bringing you guys just something to listen to during your week. I can't wait for the big episodes I have coming up. Once again, I'm interviewing someone from The Bachelor. I'm super excited about it. You guys are going to see who who I'm interviewing and be like, "How how did you do that?" And you guys are going to be excited to hear from him. So, buckle up for that. Buckle up for Catherine Center accomplished writer, novelist, Things You Save in a Fire, The Bodyguard, new novel coming in summer of 2023. I hope you guys can like maybe find a book and read it before I have her on so that you guys can get some background. It's very affordable on Kindle. I got mine off Amazon. It was like 30% off. So read her books, get ready for my new episodes. I can't wait to show you guys all the new shit that I have going on. If you love supporting me, like I hope that you do. Always remember the easiest way to do that is to just rate me five stars on Spotify, rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow the podcast, download, follow the Instagram, do it all. Like if you love me, I love you, do it for me. Let's promote PU, baby. Can't wait for the new things coming up. Have a great week, everybody. Love you.